Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. How are you? Good morning. So you don't know that one, but, uh, well, I, you know, I shouldn't assume, but I did assume, and I'm probably correct. Um, Safe assumption. There's a show mm-hmm. on Cartoon Network, <laughs> and it's called Uncle Grandpa. And Uncle Grandpa is like this fairy godmother, but like the quirkiest fairy godmother. He has <laughs> his sidekicks are a dinosaur and a slice of pizza that wears sunglasses called Pizza Steve. And um, he says, good morning. And he's a delight. And it is my second favorite cartoon just like second favorite cartoon aimed at children uh excuse me just after clarence which is my my first favorite so sometimes i say good morning instead of good morning because that's what uncle grandpa says Hmm. (laughs) yeah i've got a shirt or no actually a hoodie my mom got me a hoodie one year for christmas and it has the cast of uncle grandpa and it says good morning and then i also have a coffee mug that says the same thing and one time i was at the store and someone said oh i really like your hoodie and then they said but my favorite show is clarence and i said oh my god this is amazing and then i got to brag about the fact that we had the person the lead writer and the voice of clarence on a podcast one time so it was a good time. I remember you being excited about that. Uh, that was back on your on your show with uh, Christina Warren. Um, yeah. yeah. Card. What? Did the, uh, cartoon, the cartoon cast. Cartoon cast. Yeah. yeah. I was like, is it Toon cast? Cartoon cast. Yeah. I was. I was very excited. Um, but anyway. Yeah, it is. It's a good morning and a good morning to you as well. Mm-hmm. I just watched. Um, so, excuse me. One of my dogs. He doesn't play with a whole lot of toys because my other dog, she is kind of a bully when it comes to toys. And so every once in a while, he'll find a toy that he really likes. And right now that is a platypus toy. And I just watched, um, he had it in his mouth and was playing with it. And my girl, she came out of nowhere, snatched it from him and dragged it under the bed to try to prevent him from having it. Um, of course she's the type who she didn't, she doesn't really care about the toy. She cares about the fact that he has it. So moments after dragging it under the bed, then she put it down and walked away from it. And it's only whenever he picks it up that then it becomes an interesting thing to her again. And so sometimes I will hold her and like pet her and and keep her distracted so that he can have some time with a toy for once because he doesn't he doesn't have too many faves but whenever he finds one it's very sweet and it's like okay that's a henry toy and i have to give henry a chance to play with his toy without her bullying him oh yeah poor henry poor henry <laughs> he just looked at me like what what are you talking about anywho um yeah, that's what's going on here. What have you had for breakfast slash beverage? Uh, I have had uh, coffee. I was running a couple minutes late because I was waiting for it to brew. Uh, because um, I'm a fussy something, and uh, I, I <laughs> something had or other. <laughs> yeah, I had uh, the. I, I don't know if you remember when I was on Clockwise a few weeks ago. I had complained. Um, that uh, I use the Intelligentsia app, even though I don't purchase Intelligentsia coffee, just because it has a free timer in it uh, for doing the pour over and the calculation for the the weight of the, I'm sorry, the mass World? of the water and oh. the mass of the, the coffee, because you're doing it in grams. Um, so uh, I, I had that all set up on the scale and stuff, but I'm using uh, a couple of your listeners to Clockwise Head, um, let me know about an app called uh, Barista. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I had downloaded that app. Uh, it's actually not as nice. And what? It's, well, it has, it has better looking iconography for like different pour over types and stuff like that. And it has uh, more sort of baked in information. But when I went to adjust like the uh, amount of coffee, 
um, the the water amount adjusted as it should, but then it didn't adjust the uh, the gram intervals per time unit thing that it has inside the app. Huh. So it's like you need to add 180 more grams to to this to balance it out. And I'm like, why am I load balancing the <laughs> the amount of this? Like, you just divide it, put it over the thing. Um, so it was it was a little weird. Uh, and also, I've been following the instructions, and it doesn't seem to make as much coffee. It has a uh, uh, one to thirteen ratio, but for some reason, uh, I'm uh it's 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 yield is a little different from what i was expecting with the intelligentsia um but uh that's that's neither here nor there just a little little bit of disappointment uh so if you'll excuse me i'll just slurp on my coffee my disappointing coffee let's hear it (laughs) uh well i have some some follow-up for the show here let's see if i can't make this happen Oh, is that birch beer I hear? <laughs> oh, very good, sir. That is indeed some birch beer. Let's see what we think. <clears throat> so I found some birch beer a while back and I sent a photo to Joe and Joe immediately was like, oh, all of their stuff is terrible. You're going to hate it. And you should know that birch beer tastes good and it should taste good. And so I've been very scared mm-hmm. uh, about trying this. Yeah. And so this, I, is, I, this is the Boylan's, right? <laughs> yeah, this is Boylan's yeah. birch beer. Um, and I, ha- I intended to do it last time on the show, but I forgot. And so the refrigerator was too far away by the time we, were s- we recorded. So um, now we're going to give it a go. And like I said, this is my first time trying this. So let's see what's happening. <clears throat> Wait, let me do a, like a sniff. Okay, it definitely smells like something I would want to drink. It's It's got like a winter greeny kind of minty clovey not so much clove but like a very um what is what are those called like herbal um oh there's a term for it (laughs) herbal essences there's a term for it it's like warming spices uh something like that spice not spices uh it's botanical. It has like ah, a botanical. That's okay. the word. Oh my God, that smells amazing. Okay, let me try it. <laughs> oh my God. Oh no. Is it is it bad as I had feared? No, no, no. It's really good. <laughs> this is... Okay, so... um, I have an avert... I, of course, as a child, I did not, but within probably like the last oh six seven years i have an avert wow it even like lingers on the tongue a little bit um that's what she said i have an aversion <laughs> to that's what um, they said let's be more inclusive these days. fair fair that is what they said um sugar, like to non-diet sodas which i don't even drink diet sodas other than a uh, diet dr pepper every now and then because it's it's a and that's a long story that involves one of my favorite teachers I've ever had who was obsessed with it. Um, but I mostly just drink water and coffee and occasionally uh, some form of alcohol. But a full sugar soda is kind of like <laughs> disgusting to me in in principle and in concept. And so the reason why I owe node is because this is incredible and it has 40 grams of sugar in it. <laughs> 40 grams of sugar. I don't consume 40 grams of sugar in a week, probably. That's not true, folks. No. But um, this is so good. This is like, I thought root beer was my favorite sort of non-standard um, beverage. But this is amazing. It's so, it's so like flavorful and kind of minty not pepperminty but just like has those same feelings that like a mint has and i wow thank you for introducing me to birch beer this is very good yeah no problem uh i 
wish I had some right now because I kind of, I'm kind of curious because the only times I've ever tried the Boylan's uh, sodas, um, I, I have not enjoyed them. And I, as, as you had mentioned, uh, I am also not somebody who's consuming a lot of sugary um, sodas. They, I just find them unpalatably sweet. Um, yeah. But, you know, back in the day, I used to drink all of oh, those okay. awful things. Yeah. yeah. I, I was remembering um, not too long ago. Well, first of all, so the third for I, I think every pretty much everybody knows this, but if you don't know, ingredients are required to be listed in um, in order of how much of that ingredient there is in the uh, you know whatever it is that you're <clears throat> excuse me consuming. And so it's carbonated water, obviously, is the first ingredient. Cane sugar is obviously the second ingredient. Let's talk about 40 grams of sugar again. But the third ingredient is pure birch oils. So there is quite a bit of birch in this here uh, drink. And that makes me happy because I'm getting like that full kick of birch. Mm -hmm. I just like now I want to find some birch oil and just drop it on my tongue every now and then. Um <laughs> So I remember I was I had like a piece of chocolate and then later that day I had another piece of chocolate and I was like, OK, I'm good for like two months now. Um, and it reminded me or rather it took me back to a time I can remember one fourth of July as a kid and we had like this huge cooler outside that was just filled with different sodas. It was, you know, your, your orange sodas, your grape sodas, your cream sodas, your red cream sodas, um, your root beers, your, all this and that. And I can remember just pounding, uh, can after can after can after can in one night while eating watermelon and, you know, probably barely getting any actual food into my stomach. And I don't know how I'm still alive is what I think about that, because that's just so much sugar that went into my body that night. And it's a miracle that I did not have like, I don't know, a diabetic issue that day. Just <laughs> it's incredible what our, I guess, young bodies I don't know if it's that we are more um, adept at burning off sugar. Or, well, I guess we're probably using more sugar, but whatever it is, like I did not have an issue with that. And if I tried to do that today, I would be—I don't know—I would—I would be uh, hunkered over the toilet, like. And I mean, I mean that in, in the sense of vomiting, not anything else. Just like, oh, what have I done to myself? So, yeah, I don't know. It's weird how our bodies change and our tastes change and our ability to consume vast amounts of sugar changes, at least for some people. I don't think that's an every person thing. Uh, some people can still put back the sugar um, if they want to. My partner is an example of that. Mm. Yeah. You know, different strikes for different folks. Uh, I, But it's, it's definitely... Uh... Definitely something where I think younger taste buds are more inclined to uh, enjoy super sweet sugar stuff. Um, yeah, it's a simple, mm -hmm. it's a simple, um, your ability to enjoy it. You know, it, it doesn't take much for your tongue to be sort of stimulated by that mm -hmm. versus, no. <laughs> versus <laughs> something more complex, you know, like we, yeah. we, we can get fancy about wines or gins or um, foods that I can remember hating as a kid that now are like, oh yes, bring me more of that. Yeah, so, roast, roasted Brussels sprouts, for example. That's uh, a you thing. That's mm -hmm. not a me thing. Oh uh, no, Why asparagus are... is okay. My, I don't. I just, I think it's just too. It's. I hate to say this because. I don't want to be a person who has a uh, texture issue with a food because, like, I mo most of the time, nine times out of ten, ten point, wait, nine point nine seven times out of ten, <laughs> I love texture in foods. Like pears, amazing because of the texture. Um, asparagus too, like the heads of the asparagus, mm, so much better than the rest of it. Yes, uh, love the heads. All of these different, th <laughs> all of these different <laughs> things are 
texture adds to it because I've talked about this before. Like I'm not a big food person. It's sort of a means to an end. And so adding something to that experience is what makes it something that I actually pay attention to and becomes more enjoyable for me. But um, with Brussels sprouts, I think it is, it's like, I don't, I think if they were like chopped into four, I would be, if you took like one Brussels sprouts and chopped it into four pieces, then I would probably be less bothered by it. But it's like a full, oh God, a full thing there, putting that into my mouth and having to like bite through all of that. And it's just, I don't know, there's something, I just don't like it. Um, uh, okay. So, no, you're not a big fan of those. You're, you're eating your Brussels sprouts wrong. Um, they should not be the entire, uh, Brussels sprout head, um, all, all the, the little ball thing, all intact, uh, because that's just that's too much. That's too it's too much chew. Um, it should uh, be either, as you said, quartered, or uh, more often than not, you can go to a grocery store and they have shaved Brussels sprouts, and that's where they just chuck those little things inside of a mechanical shaving thing, and it slices and dices until you just have little tiny shredded bits of uh, what are essentially cabbage leaves, um, and then you roast that uh, huh. because they're just like tiny, tiny, tiny little baby cabbages. Okay, mm-hmm. I could do that. Yeah, and that involves not quartering a whole whole bunch of brussels sprouts which is very tedious uh you, you do unfortunately get some of the uh the the pieces that are like all um core uh because as you know like with a cabbage or anything else like that you got you got the core and then you got like the little the softer leaf part and uh somehow they'll go through that machine that that shreds them up and uh you'll wind up with a, a slice that is just a big triangle of uh, very fibrous core, but that's that's good. That's good for your digestion and your your uh, your movements um, to mm-hmm. to make uh, everything go smoothly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, just roast it in a in an oven or toaster oven with uh, with some pancetta or some bacon uh, or or almonds or whatever. If you're not yeah, into I was that, say, what if it were meatless? What do we yeah. do? Um, there, there, there's, there's options. Uh, some people like to put, uh, uh, balsamic or soy sauce or <gasps> Ooh, balsamic yeah. and you get like roasty, toasty flavors with it. So, uh, those are, those are all options. The, the, what I like to do, yeah. you folks out there, if you are meatless in Seattle and you are, or anywhere else, but I just wanted to go for the joke there. Um, <laughs> you can take something, he says, uh, you could take some, take like a, like a, what am I trying to say? A Bugs Bunny carrot, you know, a full size carrot, mm-hmm. and you slice it up into uh, very thin slices and then uh, chop those up like a rough chop. Throw those onto an oiled, um, you can use a cast iron skillet, a regular skillet, whatever. Throw those onto a skillet on uh, medium high heat and crisp them up with some hickory smoke so you can usually find this in like the sauce aisle at your grocery store where you you know like vinegar sauces and things like that you'll find um it's just it's it's usually just like water with hickory smoke flavoring added to it and there's no meat or anything in it and if you throw those together you get what essentially becomes because the carrot has like a nat- nice natural sweetness, of course, and you crisp that up with the the smoked flavoring, and it gives it the texture and taste of bacon. So if you're after you know sort of um, a meatless bacon, and you don't want to spend ninety five dollars on that fake stuff that they have in the you know frozen food section that doesn't taste very good. Um, that's a simpler way to to make that happen is just some some carrots sliced thinly and chopped with some smoke hickory smoke flavor and yeah you're you're good to go and i've used that in like potato soup recipes um it would probably be good with brussels sprouts and then you can use just like even a little bit more of that hickory smoke flavor to uh when you're roasting to add even more of that nice taste yeah, well, one of the interesting things I didn't know about until I was watching, I think, an, Amer- an episode of America's Test Kitchen is like the the liquid smoke stuff that you see. Liquid is, smoke, thank you. Yeah, it's not a it's not a like a chemical byproduct. 
um, like it, it's a, it's just water and smoke in most cases, uh, where they just have this, uh, sort of like if you're distilling a spirit or something, um, you, you have the smoke and it condenses. And so you can get the, uh, the flavor compounds from literal smoke into this water. And then you have it inside of a bottle, uh, that you can put on other things. And so it tastes just like smoke because it is smoke. Um, it's just been, uh, basically put into a liquid form, um, which is hence, hence the term liquid smoke. But, uh, I, I, I have been using for, for my smoky, uh, smoky saucy flavor. Um, I've been using, uh, there's a, there's a Cholula, uh, a, a variety of Cholula that has uh, that's Chipotle based, um, mm. and that's not really uh, canonical or spicy at all. Really, uh, it just it kind of has uh, a it, it's sort of like a I would describe it as like an almost sugar free barbecue sauce. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. and uh, because uh, Chipotles are smoked jalapenos, and so you you have that smoky flavor from smoking the jalapenos and you have some of the uh the pepper profile of what the jalapeno was i thought chipotles were fast casual dining uh no chipotles are e coli outbreaks um oh gotcha gotcha, yeah the this is this is different uh they 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 distill the e coli outbreak um (laughs) and so it's it's fine liquid e coli outbreak Uh, (laughs) no uh i've been listening to uh uh, a food safety podcast um, recently, and uh, oh god, that sounds like that uh, sounds it, like a nightmare. It's pretty terrifying. I'm very scared of melons at the moment. But please it, send that to me. I need to listen <laughs> to this too and have my scared factor grow. Yeah, no, it, but it's a it's it's two uh, food safety scientists. Uh, I, I had I had put it in a queue of things that I was going to get around to listening to. Um, and then I never did. And then, uh, recently there was a guest appearance by, by someone. And so I, I listened to that one and now I'm actually working my way backwards in like five episode chunks. Wait, so, what's this called? What's this podcast called? So, uh, uh, food safety yeah. talk. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, it's, 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 it does what it says on the tin. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's mostly just about how melons are going to kill you. Um, oh, it's, good. it's, it's all, it's all listeria. Everything's listeria. Uh, oh my god Isn't, <laughs> doesn't listeria grow on cheese sometimes uh probably maybe and i think it's pink mm, no well i i don't know about that but it, it's it's uh yeah there's just listeria everywhere uh and uh apparently <gasps> it's on the outsides of things and so like you get the like the cut up melon or whatever and uh it, it, it they, they cut it and it puts the listeria from the outside on the inside and then it just can grow at fridge <laughs> temperatures really yeah so what do we do we gotta blast our our blast your uh, melons blast your melon do we need to blast our melons how do like freeze blast our melons what do we do no um well you just, just die is that the <laughs> there's no help well, supposedly uh you just don't buy those pre-cut ones and then you you do it yourself but if you're at a restaurant and they give you like a fruit cup then ew god why would have, i ever god have mercy on your soul um but why would i ever get a fruit cup <laughs> well sometimes you're like you know oh god i'm gonna, I'm gonna fruit cups i'm gonna oh, i'm gonna be healthy like I, I i want i want the home fries i really do honest to god uh there's nothing i want more in the entire world than the home fries but then i'm like that's just carbs that's all carbs and i'm not doing anything else today i can't i can't just eat like all this delicious breakfast stuff and then just go sit on the couch uh being full of potato so i, I gotta have the fruit cup because uh, that's that's nominally uh healthier and uh, unfortunately you order that and it's uh 99 melon and then there's usually like one underripe strawberry that was thrown in at the very end um maybe if you're lucky you get like teeny tiny little like chunk of pineapple uh, the worst case scenario is if you're ever at a place where they have, uh, the, the fruit cup and they have a banana sliced in it because that the banana will break down, um, Ew. and turn into like sludge. Just absolute mush. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand why anyone, literally any human being on the planet earth would, uh, slice up a banana and put it into something that's just going to sit there for a while. But, uh, the, the, the grapes are also not ideal because they just taste like water. Ugh. They never they never or, use good. They grapes. either taste like water or they're just they're like bruised and like uh, a a gel bomb 
of disgustingness. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's really unfortunate. And I, you know, always regret that decision. Um, because another thing about melons, aside from the listeria, is uh, they have a very underripe um, texture and uh, almost no flavor. Uh, 97.39% of the time. And usually you'll wind up in a situation where you'll get uh, maybe, if you're lucky, uh, some ripe cantaloupe in there, um, but almost never ripe honeydew. Um, your your honeydew is always going to be the consistency of packing material uh, <laughs> because nobody believes in serving you ripe honeydew. They they just can serve it to you green, so they can serve you unripe honeydew, and you don't know any better. And then you eat it, and then you're just like, I hate honeydew, and it's like you and don't you're like, really honey don't. <laughs> you see, the thing is, you don't really hate honeydew. You hate you hate underripe honeydew. You just don't know it because you've never had ripe honeydew, and you maybe ne- you'll never will because the listeria will kill you. But um, I can't I can't eat a lot of melon. Um, no, that's true. I I don't know if I've talked about it on here, but um, there this was one of those like eye opening moments for me where it's like, oh my goodness, I am so glad that someone finally said this because for the longest time I thought that I just. Yeah, I don't know, was either alone in this or that I was making it up and or thought I was making it up, you know, kind of thing. But uh, there is a thing called oral allergy syndrome. And essentially, your body confuses the proteins in certain fruits and vegetables for uh, things that are allergens. So, you know, like you, if you have allergies otherwise, like grass allergy or what have you, um, your body thinks that some of the proteins in f- some fruits and vegetables are uh, similar and therefore goes to uh, or reacts in different ways. And so bananas, apples, um, certain melons, a mango is a big one. When I eat them, it causes my throat to start itching. Uh, it, it sort of makes my nose kind of not, not quite runny, but just sort of prone to sneezing and it's altogether an unpleasant experience. And so I will, I still eat some of those things. Um, avocado is another one for me. That's a big trigger. Oh no. Uh, yeah. So I, when people are like guac, this guac, that I sort of, because I don't want to be the odd person out. I'm like, yeah, guacamole is so cool. And, but really I don't eat a whole lot of guacamole because it causes me discomfort and like throat swelling to a, a non severe extent. I'm not having a full anaphylactic shock moment or anything like that, but it's an unpleasant thing where now my throat's really itchy. My nose is starting to run and I don't feel great. So Mm -hmm. Yeah, I um I don't eat a whole lot of melon because a lot of them do that to me. Uh make me cantaloupe of course is is one of the like worst ones for me. So when I even see a cantaloupe, I'm like, "Oh boy, my throat's my throat's itchy." Oh. Well, that's unfortunate. Yeah. I cuz I I while I was saying all that terrible stuff about melons, uh, I do actually enjoy a good ripe uh version of it um when it's available and sometimes you get that at the fancy schmancy high-end restaurants where they're like would you like some prosciutto wrapped melon and i'm like obviously um <laughs> it's it's a delicious salty and not too sweet combo that uh, that goes really well together but uh, the the unfortunate thing is um that you can't enjoy that uh for a variety of reasons that uh, are a bummer but they are uh, a bummer yeah, but uh, I, the, the the avocado thing's just too bad because uh, you've been putting all of your your real estate resources into avocado toast this whole entire time. So yeah, what the heck? Yeah, this is not going to pay off for you. It's too bad. Yeah. Now, Micah, speaking of yes. <laughs> not paying off for you, uh, I, I wanted to ask you a question. Uh, I don't know uh-huh. if you're current on the on the, on the newsy news, um, but uh, I, I, did you did you by any chance have you seen anything about uh, the Googs um, doing some uh, unfortunate stuff with not really committing to like LGBTQIA stuff, and then yeah. like yes. having having their employees that that are all like, hey, you guys need to do better, uh, and uh, now their employees are petitioning for 
SF Pride to remove the company from the Pride Parade celebrations that are going to be going on? Holy moly. Um, yeah, you threw it all out there, didn't you? Uh, that is, yes. Uh, <laughs> so, sorry, one moment there. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I, I didn't mean to spring that on you like a, like some sort of, sort of horrible fruit. Um, but uh, <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> You're, I'm a cantaloupe and I'm in your face and I'm making you itchy. Uh, so yeah, here's what's happened. Um, YouTube sucks. YouTube has sucked for a long time. Um, YouTube is, uh, just, just not great. And of course, YouTube is, is a part of, of Google. Um, and let, let me try to I'm trying to figure out the best way to sort of summarize this. So uh, when I talk about YouTube not being great, I think every year around Pride Month, I see complaints about YouTube um, sort of burying and hiding and keeping um, absolutely uh, like fine, okay for people to see content-wise content that involves lgbtq plus topics away from from people to actually see so people are getting sort of uh hidden from search results and and muted and all these other things where time and time again there is a in the past at least it's been kind of a subtle um realization that youtube just does not care about its lgbtq plus uh, community and they have a lot of lip service about it and they you know put up the the rainbows on their page whenever pride month comes around but the fact is they don't put their money where their mouth is on that and time and time again there's all this evidence that they are not only not like protecting their lgbtq plus community and upholding their lgbtq plus community but also like actively putting down that community and this year we had a situation where um a journalist and host uh for vox his name's uh carlos maza was uh basically well actually has been for years bullied and um and attacked by a conservative talk show person named Steven Crowder, who I've never heard of, uh, nope. but apparently has a huge following and lots of terrible people that follow him and then go and say horrible things to uh, to Carlos and have doxxed him in the past. And um, the, I saw the, the video that Carlos Maza put together, the clips of Steven Crowder um, repeatedly using slurs and uh making fun of and just absolutely harassing carlos um on his show on the on steven crowder's show and this was carlos trying to say look youtube he keeps doing this and every time it's sending people after me who then are saying horrible things to me who are like i said doxing him getting his phone number and texting him all these things calling him horrible horrible things happening where this guy was targeted and he said and youtube does nothing i've tried and i've tried and i've tried and youtube does nothing and yeah also it wasn't just him it was also his family members um that uh Crowder's fans would would reach out and harass in addition to to Carlos himself. And after that happened, you know, he tried to get a response from YouTube and YouTube's immediate response was, well, none of these videos are breaking any of our guidelines. None of these videos are against the rules. And it was a really cruddy answer. And uh, it over time kind of warped into something else. But the fact is, YouTube did not did not show that they truly do um, care about about their LGBTQ plus creators. So they uh, you know they had a bunch of employees who work for Google um, who are in the LGBTQ plus community say, "Listen, San Francisco Pride, we." Er, this is a direct quote. We urge you to revoke Google's sponsorship of Pride 2019 and exclude Google from representation in the San Francisco Pride Parade on June 30th, 2019. Um, 
they said, let's see, uh, I'm trying to find here what SF Pride says. So uh, SF Pride said Google and YouTube can and must do more to elevate and protect the voices of LGBTQ plus creators. Um, but it found that Google has been willing to listen to this criticism and is working to develop appropriate policies. Google has been a considerate partner of SF Pride for a number of years and historically been a strong ally to LGBTQ plus communities. So uh, they have offered that, that means benefits. they don't want to refund any money. That's exactly <laughs> what that means to me. That is exactly what that means to me. Um, I guess they've they've marched in the parade for more than a decade and uh, Google basically still gets to, to, to march in this parade. I think, yeah, this is absolutely a, a money situation for SF Pride. Um, SF Pride did make the argument that Google has been one company that has long offered benefits for same-sex couples and transgender employees, um, as well as showing uh, public advocacy and opposing unfair legislation. Um, and so this is my question Joe, for you, um, I'm curious, do you think that this is a, an alphabet slash Google problem, um, on the whole, or is this a YouTube and the team that works on YouTube issue sort of more focused? Because the, the reason why I'm asking that I have seen Google, the, the, the big company, um, you know, they do, uh, a, they do do, you know, donations and, and these, these types of things where they're one of the sponsors of the LGBTQ plus, uh, pride parade in San Francisco, where they do offer these benefits, where there are seemingly these, um, supportive situations. And that's not to say that Google is not responsible for a company that's underneath its purview. But when I think about sort of where the, the focus needs to be targeted and where um, we need to see change, I wonder if it's more uh, focused on YouTube and whatever team is in charge of making those decisions. And I'm curious what you think about that. Well, I think this started as a problem for YouTube um, specifically. Uh, they have historically not dealt with criticisms of uh, the way that YouTube shapes uh, the the engagement uh, that individuals have with YouTube. Um, that uh, YouTube can be a radicalizing uh, force in some scenarios uh, because their primary concern is to keep people on the platform. Um, by recommending uh, increasingly weirder videos. Um, in some cases, they're just strange videos. In other cases, uh, they're exactly what you want. And in the final case, they're just things that are not true and will sort of um, color someone's perception of reality or, or confirm biases that that person may have or heighten them. And YouTube has not dealt with that, um, not uh, for a in a variety of circumstances, whether that's racism or um, uh, very extreme views on uh, political discourse, um, or uh, your 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 standard grade A homophobia stuff, um, mm -hmm. th this is stuff that YouTube has let fester for many, 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 many years. Um, that is linked to uh, the situation with Carlos it's not exclusive to the situation with Carlos. So while it may sound like, oh, well, this is a lot of fuss over one guy, it's not that Carlos is really the only person that's affected um, by the scenario that's that's here. It's just that it's a very public and very easy to, to discuss example because uh, he has documented uh, the harassment that he has received and he is a person who has enough of a public profile uh, with a journalistic organization that he can um, detail uh, what's occurred to him in a way that uh, communicates it to most people. That's uh, So it's not to say that uh, he's the only person who's ever been harassed on YouTube and um, that that we should change all of these policies just because of his harassment. But uh, it, 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 it is 
just a good way to hold up a mirror to YouTube. Now, having said that, your original question, do I think that it's Alphabet's problem? I think it's Alphabet's problem now because YouTube has shown that it can't deal with this. um, And really, the buck needs to stop with someone at the company uh, and the parent company. And uh, I feel like if it continues uh, like this without really course correcting for things, then you are not really you're not really going to be able to treat uh, this problem. And it's just going to be more apologies and lip service. And uh, there was some confrontation about this with uh, Susan Wojcicki at uh, the Recode conference in Arizona. Um, That was uh, last three, four weeks ago, something like that, Mm -hmm. um, where... Uh, she was asked directly about this uh, because the Carlos Maza situation uh, was really at a, sort of a height uh, like a month ago, um, even before Pride. And uh, she was asked about it and she said that she's sorry about it. And it's like, well, are you... And I think it was Ina Fried, Ina Fried who asked, but I don't remember. Uh, it's like, are you sorry because like you feel bad that we feel bad or are you sorry because you're going to like do something about it? And then the, basically the answer is we're sorry that you feel bad. Um, and uh, it, it's like, there's they, they, they really don't have internal corporate incentives there to try and fix this sort of situation. And they make these matters worse in it, it, it uh, when they try to, um, address these flare-ups that happen in the media on a one-by-one, one-off basis with a rotating array of responses um, because, and and I, again, to, to, to draw attention to this Carlos Mazo situation, um, this is uh, absolutely clear with what happened to him where he complained to YouTube, uh, their, their Twitter account, received a response that there was no harassment, then received a response that there would be demonetization of the account, then received a response that the demonetization of the account was only happening because of some other tangential error, uh, uh, faux pas on the part of Crowder that had nothing to do with the harassment. Um, and then there was a, another iteration of uh, apology and uh, a punishment because they couldn't, they were, they were trying to get out ahead of uh, a news story without having any sound policy on what to do. Um, and so you just kept winding up with different answers every time uh, that they would try to address it. And uh, I don't feel like that is good, uh, re- regardless of how you may feel about Carlos Maza's specific situation. I don't feel like it's good for any company to have a rotating array of responses um, that doesn't really seem to uh, address the issue. Uh, they really should be able to have a way to escalate these these uh, up the chain more directly and to have a policy that's clearer um, where, where they can uh, address this stuff. Because Carlos's complaints weren't read by some dispassionate computer. They were read by a human being in each of these instances. They were just read by different people and all interpreting different parts of policy. Um, and so you just you just wind up with some really weird stuff. Uh, and that is a problem. That's a YouTube problem. And because YouTube hasn't addressed it, um, they, they still don't have a clear answer for that. Uh, then it is an alphabet problem um, and a larger, you know, the Google problem because um, we think of we think of Alphabet as Google basically, um, and it, for all intents and purposes, it is. It's just like a way to do do, do finances in a fun way. Um, but it's 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 a structurally to the public um, that that's Google, and Google's not taking responsibility for it. Um, and uh, you know, there was even um, uh, I think a quote from the CEO a little while ago about how, you know, again, I feel bad that you feel bad. Um, and like how they're working to address things, um, much in the same way as all other tech companies apologize where we're, we're, we're trying to fix the problem you noticed, um, without actually changing any of the things that make us money. Uh, and, uh, that, that's, that's an issue. And to have, to have, uh, Google, um, still be seen as an ally when 
they allow harassment and create uh, sort of an incubator for terrible ideas. Um, I, I think that that's not a good thing because it runs counter to it. So it's like, oh, great, you have uh, policies that support uh, trans employees and uh, LG and, and gay employees. Uh, they they had a long time. They had same sex benefits even before there was marriage equality in the U.S. Uh, and they they provide that internationally as well. Um, but at the same time, um, you you can't really do that. And then also on this other side, allow for the foment, allow for this sort of hatred to foment um, and and fester and feed on itself because you get advertising money from it. Because um, then it's like, well, all that money that we collected from that is what allows us to provide these these benefits and allows us to do these things. And it's like, well, that's not good because now those like if that employee um is harassed uh then what's the answer to that like oh it's okay that they were harassed because they'll make money back through our system or something uh and not to go too far afield um but uh this has been a problem for other corporations uh this month um where uh there is there's some scrutiny over uh their participation in these pride parades where they're also financing uh, anti-LGBTQ um, conservative politicians uh, while they show up and put on rainbow logos and stuff at, mm-hmm. at the parades. And uh, the reason why they get to do both things is because they give an enormous amount of money to the LGBTQ organization so that they can be seen uh, as an ally to the community and it gives them good PR. And then on the other side, for business reasons... They give conservative politicians money because they would like to see them uh, do business things that are uh, better for them than they'll get from uh, the 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 people who would be LGBTQ supporters who might uh, scrutinize their 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 companies more. Uh, it's it's a very strange system uh, because and and that goes for com- companies like uh, was AT and T, UPS, Home Depot. Uh, like all these companies where it's just like, look at our rainbow logo. And then it's like, here's lots of money for <laughs> you, you people to go sabotage the rights of these other people. And uh, I think that that's not really, uh, I think that's something that uh, we need to deal with in terms of uh, thinking about how we need to shape the discourse uh, on our end so that it's not just like oh well i guess this is fine because you're giving our parade money um because and that you get to use a rainbow logo because you gave money to us on this occasion like it doesn't feel like you get to do both of these things um i i like i like the way that you're you're putting that absolutely i it's you know i felt kind of weird about weird and icky about all of this kind of um, monetization and uh, dilution of what pride means and what um, what celebrating LGBTQ plus individuals involves, and it's not just it's not just these situations where we've got companies during Pride Month slapping on rainbows. Um, it's also the folks on Instagram who are selling their LGBTQ uh, are selling like their sexual orientation for advertisements and, and sponsorships with companies. Um, yeah. That is a separate, that, separate, but related issue. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. For if you, if folks aren't following along uh, yeah, I, Obviously, those are two different things. We've got um, here where companies are doing this and then on social media where, you know, it's it is separate, but it's the same idea of like, again, this dilution of because I mean, this all goes back in either case, the the connection there is business and uh, capitalism, frankly, because on the one hand, we've got a company who is trying to get the best of both worlds where they've got these people who, you know, if you can, if Steven Crowder can put a video up and he sees 10,000 people go and harass somebody, 
YouTube, that's 10,000 very active users of YouTube's platform. Those are the people that are commenting on YouTube, that are liking and, and you know, uh, d- downing and, and upping and all these things on YouTube, watching the ads, trying to support their creator, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's business. And that was the argument that uh, Maza made was that YouTube is not making a change because of business, because of making money. And then on the other hand, We've got uh, companies working with LGBTQ plus uh, influencers, content creators, because there's a exactly there's a uh, they know that that's how they can get to some LGBTQ plus people in the best way. That's the best way to get to those people and make money off of them. And so whether you're slapping a pride uh, flag on your Twitter account, or you are paying a um, white, muscly gay to dr- to eat your pizza, like in <laughs> in either case, the, you know it should be. Um, <laughs> don't eat the pizza, folks. That's what I'm saying. It's it's a dilution of something that means that should mean so much more. And so I agree with you what you're talking about there, where it's like we are giving these companies sort of in a way, by by not pushing back enough, I think that we are giving these companies permission to take something that should be considered much more, you know, holy is the wrong word, but should be considered much more uh, valued than it is being by sort of just uh, using it despite, you know, not really standing for what it stands for at mm-hmm. the end of the day. And so, yeah, I agree with you on that. And I think that there's a lot of this right now because we've got sort of the argument between is it better to just uh, let this happen because it gets more people, you know, it, it, it spreads the word more and, you know, more people are exposed to a flag or is it better to sort of take a principled stance and say at some point you gotta, you can't just... You can't just get away with doing this time and time again. And I think we're getting to that second part, which is good, I feel. Yes. Because, uh, and I think that this is sort of a byproduct of, um, uh, like you said, ca- capitalism. But uh, there, there's there's other stuff going on in terms of uh, when you first cited the, 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 the Crowder thing, uh, where... He, you know, he was demonetized, and YouTube's still making money cumulatively because uh, people will fill their time watching that Crowder video, but then they'll be referred to something else on YouTube's platform that allows them to to make money off of that that person. Uh, not not Crowder, but YouTube, and Crowder still makes money because uh, he sells T-shirts, um, where you can go buy uh, horrible the, T-shirts, horrible <laughs> T-shirts. Um, uh, directly harassing horrible t-shirts um where you can purchase them and he receives funding from that and youtube doesn't have any punishment mechanism for that because they won't take down his videos because he's using he's getting money off of a t-shirt that harasses somebody they don't have a policy against it and so they're just like oh well whatever um and I feel like that's a that's a complete oversight of their platform uh, to to not be able to communicate that. And Crowder gets to look like he's being victimized because of this. Uh, he gets to go on Twitter. He gets to go on YouTube. He gets to say that uh, he's he's being unfairly singled out, and there are rules that are constantly changing. And it's not entirely incorrect, um, but it's it, it allows him to be a martyr in a situation where he's uh, not. He's not a good person, and worse things uh, should happen. Like, uh, his videos should not be on that platform. But because YouTube's incentive is, hey, this will fill up these the, the time that these people have, these thousands and thousands of people, and uh, it will satisfy those people, and they will go watch some other stuff that hasn't been demonetized, um, then it's all good. And then we'll go to the parade, and we'll pay SF Pride x dollars um out of this giant bucket of ad money we've made (laughs) and yeah it's kind of blood money yeah and then sf pride will take it because they're all you know 
people who are from the the uh, late 90s and early 2000s where uh, companies just gave you money to put on a pride parade and it was an exciting new time where you didn't have to like uh, you know fish around for for dollars to to, to put these things together and so they, they they're all used to the cushy experience of having this corporate money um, and uh, they they're not really thinking about uh, making a political statement Um which is the whole reason that the pride parades existed was a political statement. Um, so, you know, not to, not to be all like back in back in the day, back in our, not really no, in no, our day, no. back before our day, <laughs> back before we were alive. Um, cause <laughs> the, and this year, uh, is also important because, uh, this is the 50th anniversary of the Stonewall mm-hmm. riots. And so it's just like, what a weird thing. Like, do you, do you think that the, uh, the people who were fighting against the police um, on those occasions, uh, literally fighting, um, would be like, oh, well, you know, YouTube cut an enormous check for this parade to go on with these floats and stuff and like all that. Uh, it, so it's 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 good. It's we should good, t- y'all. We, yeah. What, we what should a, just let it happen. Yeah. Like that. That's the important part. Um, and uh, I, I don't I don't agree with that. And. To extend what you had said about Instagram and um, uh, people who are uh, exploiting their uh, sexual identity in addition to their hotness for, uh, I don't know, quip ad dollars or whatever, uh, they're, that, uh, not not to unfairly single out quip, but uh, <laughs> that, that's also, as you said, uh, pretty gross because it cheapens uh, what it is. It's like, Pride means this to me, so I'm happy to partner with... No, 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 no. You stop right there. You've gone too far already. Yeah, like, that. if you if you want to say something about Pride, then you say that about Pride because you feel that about Pride. You, you don't say that on behalf of a company. You are not... You are not your Pride isn't that company's Pride. Um, and uh, that... Or it that shouldn't is, be. Yeah, it should least. not be, yeah. Uh, there are some people who are just totally absolutely 100% fine with that. Like, Hey, you got to make a living. And it's like, it's not, not really necessary. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that is like, that's a little morally bankrupt, um, to, uh, sell your, uh, sell something about who you are in your community, um, so that you can make, uh, some corporate entity look better. Um, and uh like it's it's not the same thing as the carlos situation or, or no or the larger issue because uh, again we keep saying carlos but it's really not just him um the larger issue of harassment uh and one of the exceptionally strange things uh that's been going on is in pride month uh the youtube creators account on twitter has ramped up their posting of influencers on twitter uh, uh youtube influencers on twitter uh that uh are proud to be gay and you know proud oh, to you know yeah, all this stuff um it's they get to use the creators um as a shield uh mm-hmm. for criticism because mm-hmm. they get to say that uh this this is this is something where we don't need to worry about it. Like it's, it's, it's all uh, good because look, they have, they're gay. They have a rainbow profile. They have an account. They make money influencing people through their YouTube channel. So can't we all just get along? Um, and uh, that's really weird. Also, I, I clicked on one of these influencers uh, Twitter profiles and uh, immediately scrolled down. And there's a, there's, there's two guys. <sighs> you know just recording themselves like having fun <laughs> tagging youtube come on guys have some dignity <sighs> i think uh i feel like that's just I, I don't know i feel like youtube's people reached out to some people and said hey uh, we've got a problem here and we know you're morally bankrupt so uh you want to hop on here and tell everybody how much you love youtube <laughs> and yeah. being on youtube and how much youtube helps you do this that and the other Ugh. Yeah, and it's pretty strange because I'm scrolling through some of these uh, these creators that have been highlighted, and it's 
it's interesting that none of them really seem to be mentioning anything about harassment on the platform. Ooh. I guess it's fine. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. What a coincidence. <laughs> I guess there's no harassment then. I guess I guess we're good. I guess we've uh, figured it out. So mm-hmm. I guess we should just edit out everything we just talked about. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's all, all taken care of. Yeah, it says everything's fine here. Nothing to see here. <laughs> Nothing to see here, people. Look away. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Barf. All right. So anyway, um, that that's a that's an unfortunately sad topic, but uh, something I feel is is timely to mention. Um, you know, reason for the season and all that, and uh, uh, you know, put the yeah, it's something back in something miss. Um, but it's it's a <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah it, it, I I don't know. I don't know. It, it, what a what a what a what a mess. Uh, let's let's wrap it up here. But I want to do it on a fun note, and I'm okay. hoping that got my fingers crossed. I'm hoping that there is possibly an animal fact that you will have that will pull us out of this downward spiral. Uh, yeah. So that would be great, wouldn't it? Um. <laughs> 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 Hold on one sec. I got to so I've I've obviously looked up a bunch of of animal facts over time and I need to find, remember one of the ones that we've uh uh done. Oh, okay, here we go. Um so I think haven't we talked about octopods before? Uh cephalopods? Yes, that's what I said. Um, haven't we we talked about octopuses before and how their arms are octopi? It's actually octopuses, according it to is. this zoological uh, journal. Um, so researchers studying the behavior and neuroscience, because remember, octopuses are very intelligent creatures, uh, but researchers studying their behavior in the neuroscience of octopuses have long suspected that the animal's arms may have minds of their own or that's what it was so arms are different from tentacles and i think that we learned that octopuses have arms but um squids have tentacles i can't no, remember that no. was an animal we, we did this, this one already um but the the uh the octopus has eight arms and the squid has uh six arms and two tentacles that's right. Two tentacles. That's right. Um, so this is this is fascinating here. And I forgot to do the thing. Animal facts. Animal facts. It's time for animal facts. Um, a new model is the first attempt at a comprehensive representation of information flow between the octopuses, suckers, arms and brain. So this talks about how their arms make decisions and in fact may have minds of their own. So this is how it works. It's it's a bottom-up decision mechanism instead of the typical thing. For us, our arms uh, are controlled by our brain, and so we have what's called a brain-down mechanism. So that, of course, like I said, you you know your your brain says, "Hey, let's do this," and then your arms kind of do that thing that you want them to do. Um, but we with an with an octopus they've got a distributed nervous system so it's not just centralized uh it is throughout the octopus's body and instead of of actually having that brain down um mechanism the octopus's arms have a neural ring that bypasses the brain so the arms can send information to each other without the brain even knowing about it so the brain doesn't necessarily know where the arms are in space, but the arms know where each other are. And this allows the arms to coordinate different things like crawling. The octopus has 500 million neurons and 350 million of them are in its eight arms. So the fascinating thing here is not only just the fact that for us, our central nervous system is sort of, um, of course, brain and spine based, and it goes out from there. The octopus has neurons all throughout its body, including its eight arms. And the brain doesn't always know what its arms are doing, which is creepy. So when they talked about the neural ring, essentially, each of those arms are connected to each other. And it doesn't have to be that the brain says, do this or do that. It can just be the arms being controlled like that. And uh, follow up here, Joe is telling me there are many plurals for octopus. 
mm-hmm. uh, that octopuses is not the only one. Um, where does okay? So octopuses is the next plural, which gives the word an English ending as it's been adopted as an English word. Octopodes uh, is another plural because octopus is Greek, and so that would give it a Greek ending. But octopi apparently is the oldest plural of octopus, and that comes from its Latin origins, so it needs to have a Latin ending. So if you're modern and cool (laughs) and hip, uh, octopuses is the one you want to use. If you're old school and out of touch, then octopi (laughs) is the one you want to use. And if you're a hipster, then octopodes is the one you want to use. Yes, octopodes is the vinyl of octopus plurals. Can you hear those nice scratchy sounds? <laughs> Octopodes. The warmth. Um, the warmth of the original Greek. Um, no, but uh, yeah, that's that's. I did not. I I did not know that. So I'm glad that you that you brought that up because I gave me the opportunity to find that one out. Because yeah, I would have things today. Yeah, because I I would have just you know incorrectly kept going on. You know, it's your it's your octopus's general and stuff. And so that's <laughs> the scenario that we find ourselves in. We all we all learned something today. Yes. And I love the idea that we're not all just controlled by our brains. There are beings out there that can control themselves without the use of their brains, which is kind of neat. The nervous system of an octopus has a different plural for what an octopus is on each arm. <laughs> yes, there are. Yeah, there's there. We've only learned three of the uh, total eight plurals. And when we do, when one learns all eight plurals of the octopus, one is in control of all of the octopodes in the entire world. So it's kind of like this um, this mini game that exists in our universe and you could become all powerful by learning all eight plurals well, of octopus. Not all powerful, oh. like a very specific version of Aquaman. <laughs> yes, that's true. That's true. Uh, um, so if you want to become the octopus, oc- the I want Octoman, Octo. <laughs> I think it's Octo's men. Um, but <laughs> oh god, I hate this. <laughs> Uh, we should probably end. It's actually uh, octopus. Um, <laughs> is the is the fourth one that I've just learned. Uh, look at all those octopus. <laughs> Eight octopuses to pieces. All right. So, uh, but bye bye, bye bye forever. <laughs> bye bub. Bye uh, bye, bubby. Yeah. See you later, boiling. <laughs> bye, Birch.